Amen. Um, I, I had an interesting phone call the other night where somebody called me, said, Pastor, I just need to talk to you. And, and we began to discuss some things. And um, I feel like the Lord's getting ready to give that individual great victory in their life. And I was praying about that and, and, and dwelling on some of those things. And I felt like the Lord kind of directed my attention to some things in Scripture that I want to deal with tonight. So tonight I'm wanting to talk to you about, everybody say, the way of victory. I want to talk to you about the way of victory. There is a way. There's a way that seems right to a man, the end thereof are the ways of death. But there's also a way of victory. And I want to get on that path, and I want to, I want to strike out on the road to victory. Anybody else believe, feel that way about it tonight? Amen. Let me read uh, just one quick scripture to you, and then I will kind of launch into this tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 7. And I'll, when I get through, if I get through my introductory remarks, let me say it that way. I've got a lot, uh, let me back that up. I've got a lot to say in the introduction. So if I get through that, I just, I'm going to go to David because I think the story of David and Goliath is so key in helping us understand how to gain victory. And so I, that's where I'm aiming to go. If I don't talk about David and Goliath tonight, you'll know I didn't get where I planned to be, okay? Um, 1 Corinthians 15 and 7. One of us is wrong. I'm wrong. I don't know. So, because yours is right. <laughs> so I wrote the wrong thing down. But I'm sure you'll be able to find it. But thanks be to God. That's not what that says, is it? But thanks be to God, which giveth us. Somebody say the victory. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It was 57. I was close. Somebody said close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, though. <laughs> but thanks be to God. Anybody thankful that God gives us the victory? And the victory comes through Jesus Christ. The way of victory. We need to understand this what this scripture is telling us, and, and to really kind of add to it, uh, let me go back, and I hope the rest of my scriptures, Drew, are right, okay? Let me go back to First Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 11. First Chronicles 29 and 11, the Bible says, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. I want to tell you tonight that you don't have to wonder where victory comes from. You don't have to wonder what the source of victory is. I'm glad to tell you unequivocally that victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to Jesus. And years ago, y'all knew I'd say this. Years ago, somebody wrote a song about it. And they said, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. They said, there is victory, but it is found in Jesus Christ. It belongs to him. All that is in the heaven, all that is in the earth, it belongs to the Lord. It is his kingdom, and he is exalted as head above all. So if you want victory in your life, you've got to know where to go. If you want victory, you don't, you don't just put a quarter in a machine and turn the, the, the little knob and, and, and think you're going to get your prize out and say, oh, look, I got a little bit of victory. No, there's a source for victory, and there's no ambiguity about the source. All victory originates in Jesus Christ. Christ. And that is why Paul told the church at Corinth, he said, thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He was saying, thank God that he has given us the victory. 
Thank God that I know where to go in order to gain the victory. Thank God that I don't have to wonder. And it's not some haphazard, I might get it or I might not get it. If I will go to the source, I will gain the victory. I will gain the victory. 1 John 5 and 4. 1 John 5 and 4, the Bible says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Now you need to get a hold of that tonight. Whatsoever is born of God, if you've been born again of the water and of the Spirit, you have been made an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. You're going to overcome. And we don't need to question about whether or not we're going to overcome. We need to know we're going to overcome. We need to just settle that in our spirit. I will overcome. It's not a question about if. It's not a question about uh, maybe and if, if everything lines up just right. No, I am born of God. I am born of the Spirit, and I will overcome the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. This is where your victory is going to be. Uh, is going to be realized when you begin to exercise your faith in God you will begin to see the victory we've got to understand how important faith is we've got to we've got to uh, come to terms with the fact that faith is not something that is just nice to have but faith is something that is imperative in the life of the Christian you've got to have faith you can't do anything without faith you can't be saved without faith. You can't, you can't have productive prayer without faith. You can't, you can't come to God without faith. You can't do anything without faith. That's why the first thing God always looks for is faith. He always looks for faith first. And you go through uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 11, you get to looking at all these people uh, that are in the hall of faith, so to speak. And, and what all they did, and by faith, this one did that. By faith, that one did this. And, and you go through, you look at it. By faith, Noah built an ark. Noah had enough faith in what God said to say, I will do what the Lord has commanded me to do. And he starts building an ark. And because he had faith, he overcame the world. Um, you've got, you've got uh, uh, Abraham, by faith, Abraham being called of God. He comes out of Ur of the Chaldees. He leaves all that stuff behind him. He leaves his past. He leaves the, the family history that he has up to that point so that God can give him something better. And it's by faith that Abraham does. God's always looking for faith. And it's, and, and it's always faith that is the impetus for you to take that first step. And when you take that first step, God says, I'll honor what you just did. And every time you take that step, uh, the, the, the light that is shining in front of you from the word of God just keeps illuminating your path keeps illuminating your path and i'm glad tonight to know that we serve a god who honors faith we serve a god who honors faith he doesn't expect you to have everything figured out he doesn't expect you to to, to have everything perfect in your life but what he does expect you to do is exercise your faith in what he has said and if you will do that you will have the victory that overcomes the world so we've got to hold on to our faith somebody say i'll fight for my faith. Revelation 15 and 2. The Bible says this. And I saw as it were. A sea of glass. Mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory. Over the beast. And over his image. And over his mark. And over the number of his name. Stand on the sea of glass. Having the harps of God. John said when I had that vision of heaven. I looked and I saw everybody that had gotten the victory over the beast. They had gotten the victory over his image. They'd gotten the victory over his mark. They'd gotten uh, the victory over the number of his name. What he was trying to tell us is, I saw the church. I saw that glorious, victorious church that had come through the fire and they had come through the flood. 
But when they got on the other side of the fire and they got on the other side of the flood, they were carrying the banner of victory in their hands. And they were singing the song of the victorious. They were the people that the devil could not stop. I am going to tell you tonight, if you're a child of God, there is absolutely, unequivocally, Nothing that the devil can do to stop you from realizing the victory that God wants you to walk in. Now, you got to get a hold of that tonight. You need to know that. You need to establish that in your heart. The devil can do nothing to keep me from having the victory. Well, I had this happen. Well, you know what? The devil can't stop you from having victory if you want it. My, my wife was, we were, you know, the, the past few weeks ago when... We had the kids revival. Nora got the Holy Ghost. And, and we don't chalk everything up to the devil, okay? We're, we don't think the devil does everything. Anybody else with me on that? Please don't give the devil more credit than he's due. And so we don't think the devil does everything. But we, that day we felt like the devil was trying to work against some things. And maybe the devil was sensing in the, in the spirit what, what uh, God was getting ready to do that day. And, and they're on their way to church and... And my wife had to make a detour through a little place called Sonic. She, she wanted to get that breakfast burrito. And so her and Nora, Asher and I were, were uh, here. And, and her and Nora uh, are making their way. They go to Sonic. And, and they're heading back from Sonic, from Bono, to the church. And they're at that red light. And, and this guy comes along. And he uh, doesn't see him to the last minute and he slams on his brakes and slides into the guardrail and slides into them and and what could have been really really bad uh they were okay and i thank god for that and and there was something else happened and and uh that that morning or something that we we looked back on and said you know what it really seems like the devil was trying to fight us from being here today because the devil could sense god was getting ready to do something great in the life of nora and uh now, you may not believe all that stuff. You may think I'm, I'm, I'm being super spiritual about it or something. That's okay. That's your opinion. But I'm going to tell you, the devil will fight tooth and nail to keep you from realizing the victory. But the devil cannot stop you from realizing the victory. Come on now. Hallelujah. The devil can put obstacles in your way. He can, put, he can put deterrence in your way. He can try to keep you from getting to where you're going. But he cannot stop the person whose mind is made up and who has determined in their heart that I will see what God wants me to see. The devil is not a lesser God. The de- somebody said, you know, we got, we've got on, off. We've got light, dark. We've got God, devil. No, that's not true. The devil is not the opposite of God. The devil is only a fallen angel. The devil doesn't have the power God has. The devil doesn't have the ability God has. The devil doesn't have the knowledge God has. And the devil cannot control you. If you will make up your mind to be victorious, God's already given you everything you need to be victorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's why he said we, we, we get the victory because of our faith. And the Bible said that every man is given the measure of faith it don't even take a whole lot of faith to have victory over the devil it just takes a little bit of faith to have victory over the devil all it takes and you watch it's going to happen in this in this church on sunday the lord's already spoke to me about it i prophesied it to someone it's getting ready to happen but all it takes is somebody to be sitting in a service just like we're in right now or like we'll be in on sunday and you can be fighting all sorts of Uh, 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 of crazy things you could be fighting all the hell and everything coming against you but all it takes is enough faith to say you know what the devil's fought me and the devil's come against me and i battled this and i battled that but i've got enough faith to get up right now and make a move to that altar and if you'll just make a move to the altar you're gonna have the victory you're gonna have the victory now our goal is not some victory Our goal is not partial victory, but our goal needs to be complete victory. I don't want to just taste victory, but I want to walk in victory. 
Some people get to the point where they can taste it a little bit. Or they smell it. And they say, oh, I, I, I felt a little touch of victory in my life. But they never get complete victory. They start grasping at it. And, they, and, the, and the victory kind of brushes against them. But, and, and, and they feel it. And they say, oh, my, that felt good. I brushed up against victory. But I'm going to tell you, we don't just need to brush up against it. And we don't need to just taste of it. But I want to walk in all of the victory that God has for me. I want you to walk in all the victory that God has for you. Israel began that way. They began strong. They, they started out running well. But then they grew comfortable with their enemy being amongst them just a little bit. And they said, you know, we can handle this a little bit. But that's not what God had told them to do. Deuteronomy 7 and 2, the Bible says, And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee. This is God speaking to Israel before they've gone into the promised land. He said, And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them. And utterly, would you say utterly destroy? You need to utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. God gave them a clear directive. He said, when you get into that promised land, you don't need to stop fighting your enemy until you have completely and totally, utterly destroyed them. Don't give up. Don't, don't, don't let up until everything that you need to see victory over has been put beneath your feet. And this was the word of the Lord to them. He said, don't make a covenant with them. Don't show any mercy unto them. Judges 1.28 tells us that years later, when Israel has gotten into the promised land, it says this, and it came to pass, when Israel was strong, that they put the Canaanites to tribute and did not utterly drive them out. Instead of doing what God had said and getting rid of the enemy completely and saying, you don't have any place here, you don't, have any, you don't need to have any foothold here, they said, you know what, we'll just make them work for us. And, 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 and we'll just take a little tribute from them and, 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 and they will help supplement our income and, 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 and we'll just get along with them as best we can. But that's not what God had told them to do. And so in Judges 2, verses 1 through 5, this is what happens. The Bible says, because of that, that an angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochim and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt. And have brought you unto the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said that I will never break my covenant with you. And you shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. You shall throw down their altars. But you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Wherefore I also said. I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides, and their God shall be a snare unto you. And it came to pass, when the angel of the Lord spake these words unto all the children of Israel, that the people lifted up their voice and wept. And then they turned around and began to sacrifice to God, realizing they'd messed up. God told them. He said, I gave you the direction. I told you what needed to happen. But you didn't obey my voice. And because of that, I said that if you don't obey my voice, I won't drive them out from before you. There are some things that God's not going to do until you decide to get a hold of the victory he has for you. God says, I promised you victory, but you've got to grab a hold of it first. And God said, yeah, I'll give you the strength. I'll give you the ability. I'll help you do whatever you need to do to get that enemy out of your life. But I'm not going to be the one who makes it happen. You're going to have to do a little legwork yourself. You're going to have to roll up your sleeves and make up your mind that I'm going to do everything I need to do to see complete victory in my life. Now, I'm telling you that it, this is really where I wanted to get to. I'm telling you that we're living in a day when it seems like there's too many people that have become like Israel in that day who are comfortable allowing the enemy to have a little bit of foothold in their life. I wish the whole church could hear this right now. There's too many people that have grown, uh, they, they, they've grown complacent. And they said, you know what? 
It was a lot of work to push some of those devils out of my life. And it was a lot of work to push some of those enemies out of my life and overcome some of those things. And, and I know I still got a few things to deal with, but I feel like I've got it under control enough that I'll just choose to coexist with that thing for a little while. And God said, no, that's not what I told you to do. That's not what I called you to do. If you're dealing with something that's hindering you, he said, you need to get rid of it completely. I've already told you where your victory is. I've already told you it comes from me. And if you'll exercise faith, you'll see it. But you've got to exercise faith. And that's why the scripture said in Hebrews 11, by faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, Abraham left. By faith, this. By faith, that. Some, your faith is always attached to an action. You've got to do something in order for God to do his part. You've got, you've got the key to the whole situation. And so, the Lord said, you didn't do what I told you to do. And because you didn't do what I told you to do, they will be as thorns in your sides, and their God shall be a snare unto you. And there's too many people dealing with thorns in their side. And there's too many people that are dealing with snares. Idols that have become snares to them. Oh, we're doing real good right now. And they're, they're, they're stumbling through life and they're trying to live for God, but they don't ever have the victory. They've got just enough victory to, to shout a little bit on Sunday, but they don't have enough victory to, 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 to walk through life with their head held up. Knowing that whatever comes against me, I'm going to make it through all of this. What's the problem? You didn't utterly drive everything out you needed to get rid of. And, and it's not just, it's not just uh, uh, drugs and alcohol and, and, and those kinds of bondage. Though that's a big part of it. Let me tell you what else it is. It's bad attitudes. There's no need. There, let me back that up. It's not right for a Christian to not be able to get his spirit under control. And to have a bad attitude and, 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 and to, to be fighting jealousy all the time or be fighting uh, with strife all the time or be fighting with bitterness all the time. That's not the will of God for your life. And if you find yourself constantly navigating through all of that, you need to make up your mind to drive those enemies out of your life. God wants to give you victory over that. He's not just the God who gives victory over alcoholism. He's not just the God who gives victory over drug addiction. He's the God that gives me the victory over those uh, spirits that want to attack me. Over fear. He gives me victory over discouragement. He gives me victory over whatever would come against me. And I want to claim it in the name of Jesus tonight. Amen. Don't stop short of the complete victory. Eleazar saw, the Bible said, a great victory in 2 Samuel 23, 9 through 10. The Bible's talking about David's mighty men. And it gets to this verse and it says, And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo. <laughs> what an unfortunate name. The son of Dodo, the Ahohite. One of the three mighty men with David. When they defied the Philistines that were gathered together to battle. And the men of Israel were gone away. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary. And his hand clave under the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day. And the people returned after him only to spoil. Let me tell you what some of us would have done. We'd have fought and we'd have... We'd have defeated enemies and we'd have slew Philistines until we saw that we had the upper hand and they were running and we were tired and we'd have said, got them, and laid that sword aside. Am I right? And we'd have put that sword down and said, look at them run. Look at them run. There they go. And boy, we really did something today. And, 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 and I've gone about as far as I can today, man. I'm, I'm done though. I'm, I'm tired now. That's not what Eleazar did. The Bible said Eleazar kept after it until he had gotten every one of them that he could possibly get. And he was so worn out by the end of it that his hand had, had I guess, cramped. And it had, it had, it had uh, gripped that sword until he had to pry his fingers off of that sword. Now you talk about somebody who's given it everything that they've got. 
But that's what Eleazar did that day. He said, I will not quit until I've done everything I can to drive out every enemy I can so that I can have all the victory that I possibly can. I don't want some victory. I want all the victory. I don't want some deliverance. I want all the deliverance. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, if you keep going in, in this passage of Scripture, let me, let me talk about Shammah. It's verse 11 or 12, I believe. And after him was Shammah, the son of Ag, the Herorite. And the Philistines were gathered together in a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils or beans. And the people fled. from. The, everybody else turned and ran. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. Come on, Shama! It's just a field of beans. It's just a little piece of ground. He said, no, you can give up your ground if you want to. And you can give up your beans if you want to. But I know if I give them a little bit of ground, eventually they're going to come after some more ground. So I've made up my mind. I don't have any room to coexist with the devil. I don't have any room to coexist with the enemy. Whatever's been attacking you, I came to tell you tonight, there's no room in your life for you to coexist with it and God refuses to do it and if you try to it's going to be a thorn in your side and a snare to you but if you'll make up your mind to get it underneath your feet God will let you destroy it and gain the victory the Bible said it was great victory great victory so we've got to understand that God wants us to have that same great victory we're not wrestling against flesh and blood the bible says we we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and 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 dark rulers of darkness and and uh wickedness in high places we're wrestling against spiritual things we're wrestling against some things brother randall i was really i really was i was so uh convicted by your lesson sunday morning and you started talking about he was he was testifying a little bit about what god had done for him and and he, and he was a little transparent about when he was feeling a little down and, and frustrated about a situation when he was getting ready to retire and, and how frustrated he was about it. And finally, he felt like the Lord spoke to him and said, this is not who you are. That's not who you are. And he said, you know what, that's right, that's not who I am. And so he got down and, and he went in the office and he got a chair and he knelt down and he began to pray and said, God, help me get my spirit right in all of this. Because whatever you're going to do, you're going to do, God, but I want me to be right in all of this. And, and, and we've got to understand, we get attacked. That moved me so much because I thought, you know, how many times do I begin to feel those kinds of feelings? And if we're honest, all of us in here tonight would say so. We all get the feeling frustrated and aggravated and, 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 and this, that, or the other. And, and, and we, we have feelings towards people. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not the will of God for you to feel that way towards people. It's not the will of God for you to feel that way toward brothers and sisters in the Lord. And we get to fighting all these things we feel. And, and it's nothing but a spiritual attack that we are wrestling against. It's not flesh and blood, but it's, it's the enemy of our soul. Well, let me tell you something. You can win that battle, and you can have victory in it. You know who wins the victory? It's not, it's not the swift who, who wins the race. It's not the, the, the strong who wins the battle. But it's he that endures to the end. It's he that keeps fighting until the sword claves to his hand. It's he that does, keeps going on until they can look around and say, there's not a Philistine in sight. I took them all out by the help of the Lord. I took them all out. And so, David, that, that brings me to where I wanted to get to with David and Goliath. I feel like this story the Lord kind of just prompted in my spirit this morning. And, and uh there's so, there's so many wonderful things in here, and I just want to highlight a few for you, and, and we'll be done tonight. But Goliath was the enemy of Israel. Goliath was the, was the singular representation of that nation that Israel had been fighting for so long. He represents to us any attempt of the devil to intimidate and destroy the people of God. Whether you realize it or not, you've gotten a Goliath. 
whether I realize it or not, I've got a Goliath. There's always something that wants to rise up at some point in time and begin to strike fear and intimidation into our hearts that wants to destroy us and see us taken down and taken down hard. But David was a young man who who uh, happened to be doing something very key that day. It's amazing how God puts the right people in the right places at the right time, isn't it? It was no accident that David's father would go to him. Uh, Jesse would go to David and say, David, I need you to do me a favor. What's that, Dad? I need you to leave the sheep for, for now. We'll have somebody else take care of them. But I need you to take some bread and cheese and get in the carriage and I need you to go to your brothers. They're at the battle right now, and, and, and you need to take them this food. They, they're getting a little hungry over there, David, so take this and, and give it to them. That was no accident. That was planned of God. And because David was about his father's business, it put him in the right place at the right time. And so if we want to go the way of victory, we need to be about our father's business. Isn't that all right? We need to be about the Father's business. We don't need to, to, to be about our business. We don't need to be about our kingdom. We don't need to be about our egos. We don't need to be about our accolades. But we need to be about His business. And if we'll make His business our business, He'll make our business His business. David knew that if he would just obey his Father, that he would be where he needed to be. When he needed to be there. It was no accident that Joseph would, would be on that road to Shechem. And his brothers see him coming and put him in a pit. God had planned all of that. And because Joseph was about his father's business. Joseph, go check on your brothers. Because he was about his father's business. God was able to put a, a series of events together. That allowed Joseph to be where he needed to be. To save his family. David knew. That there was a cause. When he got there and he heard this uh, Philistine named Goliath stand up and issue his challenge. David just looked around waiting for somebody. Surely somebody's about to answer this man. But nobody did. And David looked around at him. He said, is there not a cause? David knew that there was a cause that was worth fighting for. He understood that this was worth the fight. We've got to make sure that we're not fighting battles that aren't worth it, but that we are fighting battles that are worth it. Now, I want to pastor for just a moment here. I'm, I'm going to leave preaching. I'm going to start pastoring, a.k.a. meddling just a little bit. All right? We need to understand there's some battles that are not worth fighting. There's some things that aren't worth our time. They're distractions. And we've got to learn... To, to differentiate between what is a distraction and what is a worthy battle that we must fight. Because the devil will put distractions in front of you all day long. And he'll, he'll, he'll allow all kinds of stuff to distract you. Folks, the, the, the smallest things can become distractions to us. And we need to overcome those. Sickness can be a distraction. Sickness can be a distraction. Um, We've got we've to understand that there's some things we've got to step over. And, and thank you for being at church. And thank you for pushing through. I know sometimes it's difficult too, but thank you for doing it. And let me tell you something. I know there's a lot of distractions when to pop up on a Wednesday afternoon. And I know sometimes it's difficult to get here, but you came anyway. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. You climbed over distraction to be here. And I appreciate it so very much. But we've got to understand that there's distraction and then there's also battles that need to be fought. And there are some things that are worth fighting over. Uh, when it comes to dealing, I, I've been on this whole deal lately, and, and this isn't in my notes, but, but I, I just want to bump up against it again. Um, I've been on this whole deal lately talking about our kids and all that stuff and, and, and how we need to be thinking about raising our kids and being intentional about raising our kids and, and all of those things. And let me just bump that again tonight and tell you, We've got to make sure that when, that when there's a battle in our home that comes up, that we understand what are distractions, but what are battles that need to be fought. And I'm going to say something here that may make me a little bit unpopular. 
But I've been unpopular before. And I'll live, okay? Sometimes you've got to battle with your kids. It got quiet in Sanctuary Church on a Wednesday night. Sometimes you've got to battle with your family. Whenever, whenever you're trying to have a home that, that is a God-exalting home and, and something wants to come in and, and begin to pull on your kids and, and you begin to feel that resistance, you've got to, parents, sometimes you're going to have to stand up and say, nope, let me, we're just going to deal with this right now. And we're going to fight this battle right now because we're not going to have this coexisting in our house. It's not going to be some elephant in the corner. It's not going to be some undercurrent beyond what we say. We're doing real good right now. I got my glasses off. I can't see your faces. As far as I know, you're all smiling at me. Thank you, Sister Trish. I heard you. And there's undercurrents in our homes. And there's, there's things we don't want to talk about. And there's things we don't want to deal with. And there's things we don't want to push against. And, and yeah, we need to use wisdom. We need to use wisdom. And I hope y'all are okay right now. Because I think this is probably the best thing I'm going to say tonight. We need to, you don't have kids, so I'm going to say you, okay? Right. <laughs> For the future, all right? We need to use wisdom and how we're dealing with them. We need to, we need to, we need to. Be wise as we can possibly be. But we also need to have a backbone like a saw log. And say there are some things that are not up for debate in this house. And we will live for God. And, and we will do this. And we will do that. And, 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 and this is who we are. And I understand kids get certain ages and they make some of their own decisions. And so you can't, I, I get that, you know. My, my dad gets aggravated with me about stuff right now. And sometimes I get to say, well, dad, I'm going to do it my way. Right? I'm not talking about something bad, okay? Just talking about he don't like the way I cut my hair. <laughs> Thank God the spirit of Samson has been upon me. It's been growing back, all right? <laughs> Thank the Lord. I heard that too, sister. <laughs> so, so I'm not, I understand there's something, there's, 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 they get to an age where you can only do so much. But when they're younger and they're in our house, Lord, help us if we're not putting some things down inside of them and saying, now, when you get out on your own, you're going to do what you're going to do. But right now, these are things that matter to us. And I will fight for this. And I will choose to, to go ahead and lay down on this battlefield if I have to. I won't give up on this at this point. I can't do it. I cannot do it. And David understood this was a battle that needed to be fought. This was a battle that needed to be fought. He refused to be deterred by voices that doubted him and doubted his motives. When his brother said to him, I know the naughtiness of your heart. Who do you think you are, David? What do you think you're doing? Oh, you're, you're, just, trying to, you're just here to try to, to, to see a little action on the battlefield. And I understand what this is all about. And David refused to be deterred by that voice. He said, you may doubt me and my ability and you may doubt me and my motives. But I know what's in my heart and I know that this is a, this is a cause that needs to be fought for. And I cannot lay down on this now. I have got to go forward with what God has put into my heart. And that was David had said, I will fight the giant. They brought him to Saul. And Saul said, all right, put his armor on him. But David said, I can't wear your armor, Saul. I have not proved it. Here, here's what I, I want you to get out of that. David was comfortable being himself. He did not succumb to the pressure to do it like somebody else did it. And when you win the victory, you may not win the victory in the same manner I win the victory. And I may not win the victory in the same manner you win the victory. But God didn't call me to do that. He just told me to exercise my faith. And he didn't tell me to do what I needed to do. You know, for one blind man, uh, the Lord touched him. For another blind man, the Lord spit, made mud balls, and put it in his eyes. He doesn't do everybody the same way. So he may do it for you differently than he does it for me. But you've got to be comfortable being you. You don't have to pray just like I pray. You don't have to, to have the personality I've got to see victory. All you've got to do is, is walk in faith and listen to what God's telling you to do. And you can find the way of victory. 
We're not looking for copycats and clones in this church. Praise God. We don't want you to be like somebody else. We want you to be you. Don't you know God has uh, uniquely gifted you? God has put a special anointing on you that nobody else has. God has called you to do things that nobody else can do it just like you. David said, I, it may not look like much to you, Saul. I may just look like an old shepherd boy. And all I've got is a, is a, ba- a shepherd's bag and, and, and a shepherd's staff and, and my old slingshot. It may not look like a whole lot to you, but that's okay. I'm comfortable being me. And God took that boy who was comfortable being him and he used him. Don't give in. Don't feel like it's got to be like everybody else. David also had tremendous faith, not in himself, but in his God. He exercised that faith that brings the victory. He said, uh, he said, I know that the Lord can deliver him into my hand. He said, I've got faith in God. God can give me the victory in all of this. And he exercised that faith. Another thing, he did not despise the day of small things. What were smaller past victories became testimonies that he used to encourage himself in the Lord. When they said, oh, I don't know if you're qualified to do this. He said, well, let me tell you, that there was a lion that came out. And it took one of my lambs. And I, I killed that lion. And there was a bear that came out. And he tried to get one of my, my, my lambs as well. But I killed the bear too. And that may not seem like a whole lot to you. But it may just seem like a small victory. It was nobody around to watch me. It was an animal I killed. It wasn't a great warrior. It was, it was an animal. But, but I'm just going to tell you right now. I feel like the same thing that came over me when I killed that animal. And killed that lion and killed that bear. Is the same thing that's come over me now. And, and, and those are testimonies that I have they may seem small to you but I don't despise the day of small things when he took off running to Goliath he stopped in the creek he picked up those five smooth stones and and you know five smooth stones may seem like a small thing to somebody it may not seem like a whole lot it's not really an arsenal is it it's not really a sword or a spear and it's not a bow or an arrow it's it's just stones and David said they may seem small and insignificant to you but I've got faith that God can use the small things to bring a great victory amen don't ever despise the day of small things don't look around and say well I don't have too much to work with I don't have a whole lot it may just be a little oil in a cruise it may just be a little meal in the barrel it may not be a whole lot but it's going to be enough if God's in it if God's put his hand on you it will be enough Amen. He kept Jesus at the forefront. Uh, when, when Goliath said, who am I that you would send this boy, this child to me? Uh, he said, I'm going to feed him to the, to the fowl of the air and the dogs will, will eat of him. And, and David, he's just running. <laughs> I love the Bible said David ran to meet him. And David's running. And as he's running, David said, You may come to me with a spear, and you may come to me with a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. He kept Jesus at the forefront. And if you'll keep Jesus at the forefront, if whatever you're running against, when it starts speaking against you, when it starts tearing you down, if you'll say, I'm coming to you in the name of Jesus. Whatever's been fighting me, I'm coming against you in the name of Jesus. Keep him in the forefront. Keep him in the forefront. That's why whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the do it all in the name of Jesus. And then finally, David did not stop until he had destroyed the giant in his life. It was not enough to David just to knock him down. David was not satisfied just with knocking Goliath down and out he, he he was knocked down he was out cold David said that's not enough for me because I know this if we all jump up and take off and and start shouting about what God's done he's going to come to at some point he's going to get back up and we're going to have to do this all over again and so David ran over to where he was he picked up that sword and he lopped off the head of Goliath he said, I'm not going to quit until he is completely, and remember that word while I go, utterly destroyed. I will not stop till I have utterly destroyed the enemy that is facing me. And I'm calling on you to 
Make sure you don't quit. Don't quit just because you knocked it down. Don't quit just because we had a Sunday service and you knocked that old devil down. You better keep on going till you've cut the head off of that thing. You better keep on going till you know this thing can't get up no more. This is the way of victory. David shows it to us very clearly. And I'm telling you tonight, God wants you to walk that way. God wants me to walk that way. God wants this church to walk that way. There is a way of victory. And if you and I will get on it, we will see what God has called us to see what God has promised us to see we will but if if we don't utterly destroy it it's going to become a thorn in our side and it's going to become a snare to our soul and in the name of Jesus I am commissioning you to keep fighting until you see great victory Keep going until you see great victory. Well, I'm, you know, I I feel like this has been trying to rise up in my life and 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 it's trying to pull me down. And 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 there's this thing that keeps just working on me and and trying to knock me back and and and, and trying to to keep me from being what God wants me. Then you keep fighting until it is destroyed. Victory comes from God. And he will give you the victory if you will keep on stepping out in faith. If you will keep pursuing. If you will keep believing. God is going to give you all the victory you need in due season. If you will keep on fighting. And that's what I came to tell you tonight. That's the way of victory. And if you want victory in your life, I wish we'd stand together right now and we would begin to cry out to God and call out to Him and say, Lord, let victory come into my life. Victory, victory shall be mine. Victory shall be mine. Whatever you're facing right now, I wish you'd claim victory over it. Whatever you're facing, if it's a family deal, if it's it's a financial deal, if it's a health deal, if it's a... If it's an attitude deal, whatever you're facing right now, I wish you'd claim victory over it. Claim victory over it right now. If it's a temptation that keeps trying to pull you down, claim victory over it right now. In the name of Jesus, I want victory. I want victory. I want victory. I will not stop swinging that sword until it's all said and done. I will not quit if I've got to swing that sword till it becomes a part of who I am and I can't even pry my hand off of it. That's okay. I'll go through life with a sword in my hand if I have to. But I'm going to keep swinging it until I've got great victory over everything that would try to hinder me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So let's do this as we're getting ready to leave tonight. Where it's appropriate or where you're comfortable. Would you just take somebody by the hand perhaps. And would you just believe with them right now. That God is going to help them realize the victory in their life. Pray for their faith to be strong. Pray for their faith to be strong. That they can realize the victory. I rebuke doubt. I rebuke discouragement. I rebuke intimidation and fear tactics of the enemy. And I speak right now to encourage your faith in the name of Jesus. Lord, let our faith be built. Let our faith be strong so that we can see all the victory you want us to see. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray it for my brothers. I pray it for my sisters. I pray in the name of Jesus that we would see the victory. We would see the victory. We would see the victory. Hallelujah. And you can see that man just climbing. Let me tell you, I learned a little something about climbing mountains when I was in New Mexico. What I learned was I ain't cut out for it. We were going up a mountain and... My horse, something happened. He got, he either stepped on his back of his horseshoe or he got it caught under a rock or something, but that horseshoe got bent under his foot. 
And y'all, we were up on the, Sean was there, we were up on the side of a mountain. And when I tell you, when he slid off that trail, I thought he was going to roll down the mountain. And uh, I jumped off, and why does that stuff always happen to me? Thank y'all, those of y'all that pray for me. I'm not trying to scare you or worry you or anything. And, it, and he slid down. He went down probably about 30, 20, 30 foot, sliding on his side until he finally could get his feet under him. And I didn't know what was wrong with him at that point, so I, I go sliding down there to him, and I get the reins, and we start trying to walk up. And that was the longest 20, 30 feet I've ever gone in my life going up that mountain like that. And I got up there, and the altitude's higher, and, and what everybody says about all that stuff, that's the real deal. I can tell you. And so I'm up there breathing and, uh, and trying, to, trying to get through all of that. And, and then they kept going on because there was nowhere to stop on the trail, so they had to keep going. Uh, if somebody tries to turn around that trail, they could have fallen off, so they kept. And so I got on that horse and tried to ride him a little bit, and he'd go a little ways, and he'd stop. And, and I said, my goodness. And so I got off and just started leading him. And I am telling you, it is wearisome trying to go up a mountain. It is wearisome trying to go up a mountain. It is not an easy way to take. And when I got up there, there is a picture that's floating around to me somewhere. When I got up there, I was like this. Somebody took a picture. I didn't know they were going to do it. They took a picture of me. I was breathing for all I was worth. And as a matter of fact, laid down at one point. <laughs> and I was trying to follow him. I was laying down. And I was praying that I wouldn't die on that mountain. I thought I was getting, I'm not kidding, I thought I was going to have a heart attack up there. And I'm praying, I said, Lord, this would be a terrible thing for them to come back and find me like this. And I said, God, I, I want to tell my family I love them. And I'm just, I'm just lying there and I was praying for me and, and I was cursing them. And I can't believe they got me into this. And, I, and I'm up there and, and just laying there. It was, a, it was a wearisome thing. It's not easy going the way of victory. But it's worth going the way of victory. And you may get tired from the battle. And you may have days where you say, I don't know if I've got any more to give. But just about the time you feel that way, the Holy Ghost is going to touch you. And God's going to grace you with a little more strength to go on. And you can make it. You can walk the way of victory. I don't care what is against you. I don't care what the devil said to you. I don't care what your emotions are telling you. You can walk the way of victory. In Jesus name. Amen. I'm not going to sing it for you. But if I was going to sing. I'd sing I'm not giving up. I'm not turning around. I'm going to quit before I sing the whole thing so I can say I didn't sing it. By the grace of God, I'll wear a shining crown someday. And I'll keep holding on to that nail-scarred hand. I'm not giving up. No, I'll keep going. I didn't say the last word. Amen. I'm going to make it. Are you going to make it? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise.